Welcome to the latest podcast in the Workplace series from the People Mentor, Nicola Richardson. Welcome to the latest podcast from Nicola at the People Mentor. Today we're interviewing Pragya, whose business is the Art Tiffin. Um, welcome, Pragya. Tell us a bit about yourself, your main business, and how long it's been going. Thank you, Nicola. Lovely to be here. So I am Pragya Garwal, and I was a senior academic for a long time in UK and US universities since my PhD from Nottingham. Um, since um, 2016, I have been running a creative studio. Um, and last year, I started a social enterprise called The Artifin. It's mm-hmm. all about gender equality, creativity, and mental health. Those were the three things that we focus on. And as a mother of three girls and as a feminist myself, I'm really passionate about women's rights. Um, mm-hmm. And we talk about, and it's, it's vegan subscription boxes, but also children's art boxes, introducing them to art and artists and nurturing creativity from a young age. Yes, and I love I love the look of those bo- uh, boxes. I think they're they're a really good idea. So um, yes, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I've got fifteen grandchildren. Otherwise, I would be uh, <laughs> buying it all for all of them. I think I'd be skint. <laughs> so, but it's certainly a good idea for a for a present for one of them for birthday or something like that to get them started. So yeah, love it. Um, so have you um, any other businesses as well? So you talk about yeah, the art so, um, Yes, I'm an artist and printmaker. And um, that is one of the first things that kind of helped me uh, form this link between creativity and mental health because I was going through a really bad phase of workplace bullying and anxiety, depression. Um, and then I started printmaking and it really helped me. And I started researching more about the links between creativity, creative thinking and mental health and well-being, which kind of gave rise to the artifin. Um, but my background is also in um, diversity and design and inclusive design. Um, so I write and research a lot about bias and about how that affects in everyday life mm. and um, I work I give talks on this and mm. I work with corporates and organizations about diversity and how it helps um, how they can make a design and create more inclusive spaces and diverse spaces mm. really interesting and really needed I think so yeah uh, really worthwhile so that's that's interesting so what made you start your businesses yeah so as I mentioned it's it's kind of things that um I think I suppose it was always there this kind of entrepreneurship spirit mm-hmm. um and my first was um it didn't mean to be a business it was something that I was just doing printmaking and everybody used to say a long for a long time that you're very creative my first degree is architecture right um, you should do something you should sell these prints you should sell art and um as i said i started doing that because just just for myself but then when i started selling them it kind of grew from there very mm-hmm. rapidly and um it turned into a business um and all the time I was thinking, I need to do something good with what I'm doing. I need mm. to create a business with a heart, with a more purpose in it, and with a more social cause and social responsibility. And my twins were born two years ago, and that kind of kind of made me realize even more about the social responsibility we have and the kind of world we are creating for our children. Um, also, they were born with numerous allergies, so I started researching more eco-friendly 
um, um, inks and paints because I was doing a lot of artwork and printmaking and that kind of led me through natural uh, inks and paints and more kind of all and I during this research I found out more about the, all the animal byproducts that we have in them so that's the whole rise of the vegan art subscription boxes for the art mm. But as I said, because I had this link between creativity and mental health and how it had helped me. Yeah. Also, as a new parent, you don't focus on yourself. You mm. focus so much on the children and you don't even take five, 10 minutes. And I realized those five, 10 minutes, those pauses are really important. Mm. Um, even just 10 minutes. And often we, I even make excuses. I don't have time to do this or something like that. So that kind of was the whole ethos behind the art tiffin about encouraging people to take these just 10 minutes even for themselves and about encouraging creativity because so many people tell me I'm not creative Mm. and this is how we've grown up that we've had judgments and we get labeled that we are not creative but children when they're born they are all creative they don't think about worry about this so how do we foster that creative confidence and that's kind of the whole ethos of my and we we give part proceeds to mental health charity and to orphanages in india from our Mm. wow yeah and you're right it it is starts from an early age Mm -hmm. we're told these negative things and then and then we don't try anymore so yeah so it's great that you're encouraging um, from an early age onwards and even adults yes. you know you still need because I certainly know that when I'm particularly when I was particularly stressed at one point I did scrapbooking mm-hmm. and, and and that was really quite creative for me yes. and I absolutely loved it and I'd always thought I couldn't do things like that so that that, that was a real bonus to learn how to do that and yeah it made you feel better and you zoned out so yeah you're right Yes, I think so. It's about stepping out of our comfort zone. We get so comfortable sometimes with what we can do. Yeah, and also it's about that concentration, isn't it? Because it stops you thinking all the other thoughts. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so I quite agree. Um, So, looking at your LinkedIn profile, you do quite a lot of things. And I just, how do you manage to juggle it all? Especially with (laughs) your twins. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah juggling is 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 just I think it's about prioritizing about what's important on a particular day and what's important and I think I always say we talk about life work-life balance I think balance is such a myth I don't think we ever achieve balance but no. it's about thinking whatever is important at the moment if I have to take time away but my work gives my, me flexibility to a certain extent. So I can spend time with my twins if I want to. I can work till 2 or 3 a.m. if I need to. And if I want to, I can work while they're sleeping. I can, I can go away and do things. My husband's, I mean, we work as a team. We are very supportive. And yeah. so we don't have any other family or friends nearby, which is a shame. But um, it's, it's, about, it's about finding a balance. It's about working. And some things have to be compromised. So my house looks like an absolute mess. <laughs> 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 so I don't make cleaning my priority. Yeah. So you just have to make priorities. I think what's what's important for me is spending time with my children, and giving them quality time, and and doing something with my business and with my work. So those things take priority. Yeah, and it sounds um, the right way to do it if it works for you. And I think that's what's important. It's you know it's what's right for the person. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree, Nicola. Yeah. I think we don't we can't follow a template. We have to find what works best. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So also, am I right in thinking you're organizing a TEDx or have you organized one or? 
Yes, I, I have given a TEDx talk. I was a speaker right. earlier this year um, at Warwick. And um, it's one of the first that was held outside TED here in the UK. And that was a great experience. And I, I really admired the whole principal ethos of TEDx. Um, and I'm organizing a TEDx women event. In mm. And it's the first time it's being held in the North because of the nine TEDx women events that have been held in the UK in the past have all been in the South in Oxford and London. And Brilliant. Yeah. So this is the first time I really wanted to bring diverse intersectional voices to this region, to the Northwest and to celebrate women and their achievements. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be on the 7th of December and we have a fantastic venue that's at Tate Liverpool. All right. Okay. Yeah, that that that'll be brilliant. Oh, it's so. really, have a really great lineup and inspiring speakers, and I'm really excited about that. Yes. Are you speaking? Um, I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I should speak at my own event, but yes, I think I've I'll be on the panel. We have a panel discussion as well. So. Right. Yeah. Oh well. Good luck, and I'm Thank sure you. it will be a success. And I hope people listening will think about coming because it's a really good idea. Um, and I and I um, did did connect you to Asha, um, who is doing a um, one in Peterborough, which is quite you know it's only thirty miles for me, so I'm hoping to go to that one. Oh, great! Fantastic! Yes, yeah. absolutely love them. These TEDx talks. It's so it's such a great way to bring different stories to the yeah. platform. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they are stories, and they and they really draw you in, don't they? And you learn at the same time, so that's fantastic. So good for doing that well done especially with with all the things you've got on so yeah so um tell me about so you you've touched on the values that you have so tell me a bit more about those and how how your business shows that in particularly um yes so I think um for me it's really important and something that I tell all the people I work with all the women who want to start their own businesses it's about knowing your why from the very start about why do you want to create a business and it's about having that that really close to your heart uh, when you start it's about the values the brand values or the business values that you have mm-hmm. for me um something I want to give back to the community. I want to create a positive social change uh, with my business. I want to be aware of what's going on around me. It cannot exist in a bubble. Um, For me, eco-friendliness, it's about creating a better world for my children, as I said. But uh, coming from India, I came from a very, India is a very traditionally patriarchal society. It's about you grow up. And although I grew up in a family as, as one of three girls, and our parents always empowered us and never told us there's not something we can't do. But everybody, all the messages around me were that women and girls were the second sex in a way. And they didn't have the same space or they didn't, they didn't have the same permissions and, as men and boys. Yeah. So for me, it's really, really, really important that I find ways to empower not just my own daughters and, and, and remove these kind of gender stereotypes and boxes that we have. I think gender is a spectrum. And I think since the moment a child is born, these gendered stereotypes exist everywhere. And girls get these messages from media and from everywhere. And so through my work, that is for my writing that I write a lot about is about women and about women in workplace and about how women, what kind of things might be limiting women and young girls. And Mm. it's about talking not just in the UK context, because there's so many other cultural contexts that we Mm. don't often think about where women don't have the same freedom. Because a lot of people tell me 
uh, oh, we, we have the choice. Not many women have the choice. Not mm-hmm. all women have the choice to make yeah. their own decisions. So that's one of the really strong values in my work. And it, it informs a lot of my work, feminism and women's rights. Um, but also, as I said, environment, it's really important that how we take care of our environment and take care of the planet that we have. And it's about passing it on, passing on a legacy as well. Um, yeah, so mental health is a huge thing. I mean, for a long time, I ignored my own mental well-being. I did not think about it. I thought it's something I'm a superwoman and I don't have need to worry about it. And saying anything loud out like that makes you feel vulnerable. Yeah. And so I think, so that's why I talk a lot about mental health and well-being as mm. well in my work. So those are kind of the parameters that my business operates in businesses. Mm. And that really comes across, that that definitely stands out to me. Um, I'm glad it does. Yes. Yeah. And, and interestingly, I mean, you've been in... Um, is it Forbes? Have you, have you? Yes, I write for Forbes and I write for Huffington Post. And yeah, fantastic. And that's getting the message out there then, yes, isn't I it? Yes, yeah. I think it's important to yeah, use words to convey these messages as well. Mm, definitely. So that's really good. Okay. Um, where does you, so, well, I think it kind of, you've kind of covered it. Where does your role as a diversity and creativity consultant fit with all of this? Mm-hmm. Um, but do you want to expand a little bit more what you mean by that role? Yeah, so uh, for me, um, so as I said in my TEDx talk, I don't know if people would have a chance to go and look it on YouTube. Um, I talked about creativity and my journey with creativity as well, a little bit, and about the science of creativity, about what's happening in our brain and about redefining the notion of creativity, not just sketching or drawing or mm. things like that. It's about creative thinking. And I feel that if you can, we can, adopt a creative thinking attitude we are more resilient and we can think outside the box and we can innovate more so that's why when I run creative thinking workshops and talks that's the whole aim that I um that that how do how do you think outside the box how do you think outside the norm how do you question things that we are already so used to and that links to the whole work with diversity as well because we are used to a certain way of working often in workplaces and in in organizations and we don't often even recognize and realize our own biases and our own prejudices and the words that we use and and the the policies that are there Mm. and those little things can actually hamper our efforts to become a diverse workplace and a more inclusive workplace it's it's about recognizing those and being aware of those and having appropriate training and talking about them more and it has to come from a leadership I feel um, about how these policies can be incorporated so the Mm. diversity audit is about when I go and do diversity audits it's about looking at every aspect of a workplace and a workforce of every policy are there any words are there any statements even in your marketing in your job advertisement how do you bring more women and how do you bring more diverse people in your workplace so that's kind of how they link together Mm. as well yeah no and you're right and uh, you know from my point of view Mm. um yeah I, you, you you we all have unconscious biases yes um and it's it's making yourself aware of what they are and yes. doing something to stop them especially yes. when you you know you're in the workplace then you should behave in a certain way so that mm. you that you cater for everybody and mm. that you're looking after everybody so yeah totally agree so yeah, yeah. sounds interesting yeah. so i think we need to share a bit more of your posts out and your uh, writing definitely mm-hmm. So, um, what's the biggest lesson you've learned 
in your business since you started? Uh, <laughs> so many lessons, I think, every day. Um, one is that I can make mistakes. I'm going to make mistakes. And there have been wrong parts, not wrong, but the parts that I took that I thought were the right best for my business, but they weren't best for me because maybe I wasn't as committed to them or I didn't believe in them as much, but I thought they were best because that's what people wanted. And sometimes you get forced to do things because you think that's what others want. But I think often you have to follow your heart about, and you have to believe in it wholeheartedly. Definitely. Before you go down a path. And it's okay to mis- make mistakes, I think. it's Everybody makes mistakes. It's about what we do with them that matters. It's about not thinking, oh gosh, I made a mistake. So I must be a terrible mm-hmm. entrepreneur or a business person or a human being for that matter. That's it's right. about how you turn them around. I think that's that's what the biggest lesson I think I've learned. Mm. As well. Yeah, and, and it's true. Um, and I've touched on this before. It's about what you learn from it and what you can then adapt and use for the future because it's it's not usually wasted is it it's usually no. you get something else out of it so no, yeah you're very right, Nicola. I, yes i completely agree yeah so um what's the biggest challenge you faced being in business um yeah i mean obviously managing it all with family and work and it's about sometimes it's difficult to translate your passion into actual reality as well mm-hmm. i think there's a big gap into feeling really strongly for something but how do you actually put it into practice and then sometimes when you feel really strongly about something and you're really committed you want to do it all at once and i think mm-hmm. the challenge is to maybe mm-hmm. find the steps to go get to that goal because you can't do it all immediately. Um, it's about managing family. It's about managing my own expectations as well, because I'm a very driven person. So I expect a lot from myself. And so it's about managing those that I can't do everything all the time. And there are times when my body needs rest or my mind needs rest. And I just need to accept that and acknowledge that as well. So that's, um, yeah. That's yeah. And I think, I think that's a really good tip for business people out there because you do you have all these ideas floating in your head don't you and you just want to get them down and get on with them yes but you've got to pace yourself it's, yes absolutely yeah and and that's a, a very steep learning curve I think that because otherwise you can make yourself ill no doubt about mm-hmm. it so yeah yes. so yeah. good good tip yeah thank, thank you for that um how do you um, define success and what do you think makes someone successful? <laughs> That's a really big question. Yeah. Um, I think for me, the definition of success has probably changed over my life until now as well. For When I was 15 or 18, what success meant is very different from what I thought it was at 25 or forward. Now it's it's changed. And I think that's what, is important that we need to realize what our definition of success is and what we think not be not be defined by other people's perception of what success is and we often do that and that is something that causes mental anguish or stress and anxiety sometimes if i think this is what society thinks being successful means Mm -hmm. i have to reach that goal and i might not want to do it or i might not reach it for certain reasons Mm -hmm. And so I think it is about defining what success is for each person. For me, at the moment, um, I take success every day, I think, as it comes rather than, so I might have like a yearly goal or a five, 
five-year league when it's too long to think yeah. about them. <laughs> yeah. Far ahead. But it's about changing those milestones every day. And every day I think if I do this or if I do this this week, then it's a really successful week. And if I achieve that this week, then it's being really successful. And I think as women sometimes, but maybe men as well, we are quite hard on ourselves. We don't celebrate our successes and achievements. I know I don't. I often just go past them and think, okay, that's done. That's another box ticked. And I move on to something else that's challenging me. And if we keep track of those things, as much as we keep track of our mistakes, I think we will maybe feel more successful, mm. perhaps, every day. So. And I, th- I think that's a really good point. And I think um, bigger organisations are getting better at tracking those successes. Mm. But small, in- small businesses, small employers, they t- tend to re- acknowledge those successes. They just think it's part of the everyday life. And yeah. I think... They actually need to record them and and celebrate them because at the end of the day, they're still success, whether you're small or whether you're big, whether you're an individual or whether you're a company, a business, you know. Yeah, I think it's also very good for a workplace morale and creating a positive workplace culture as well. If you're yeah. celebrating and acknowledging these little successes. Mm. It's also about another links to the note about bringing more women into the workforce and actually mm. celebrating because sometimes women are not as good about shouting about their own achievements no, they're and, not. About them and saying, oh, look, I've done that. So it's actually actively tra- talking about these mm. things. And even just an email newsletter that goes around or just saying mm. that, look, this is what happened in our community and this is something is achieved. Yeah. And every Friday, just thinking, reflecting back on the week and think about what has happened and what important. I think you're right I think I want to go back to something you said near the beginning and you you talked about how you started your business and you talked about that you you suffered workplace bullying Mm. and and that is extremely traumatic isn't it and Mm. and very hard Um, so were you able to get the support or did you um did you find somebody you could go to or did you have a plan or did you just leave yeah I think it's something that I only started talking about it recently again because I'm writing a lot more about workplace bullying and um, how bullying can take different forms and that's something that we don't acknowledge as well and when I was going through it I did not think about it as workplace bullying because it's a very nuanced thing it's Mm. no definite think about what constitutes bullying and what Mm. workplace and you feel like you're being paranoid you feel like you're just making up things you're reading too much into it and that's a vicious cycle the more you feel the more anxious you get the more it reflects on your work and the more your relationships break down with people Mm. and it's I don't think I don't think there's enough support about it around it around I don't think there's enough training I don't think there's enough um, awareness and knowledge about where you can go and who you can talk to when you face like this and often as is the case with bullying it is about making the person who's undergoing bullying um, somebody who is who has to worry about it rather than the person who is bullying or the the community who is bullying and and I think it's really important to talk about it and to bring more stories and people are afraid of talking about it because obviously Mm -hmm. there are repercussions and so I didn't uh, talk about it either and um, yeah I left because that seemed like the easiest thing to do for my yeah. mental health and for my family's mental health. And I didn't talk about it a lot because it's a victim mentality and you don't want to come across like a victim. Yeah. But I think it's really important to share these stories. So no, def- definitely is. And 
and give people some hope about how they can deal with it and there are times when you just do have to leave mm -hmm. it's the unfortunate thing um but um yeah so i'm sure there is much there that you could share and would be really helpful so i look forward to reading some of that and sharing it myself for you thank you yeah. okay what would be your number one piece of advice for people who want to start their own business um yes yeah, so um i've written a post about it about five things you should consider before starting your own business um i always think you have to think as i mentioned as i mentioned about knowing why you want to do it yeah and, um, i think that's really really important to know what you want to do and that can change later on mm. but i think knowing that and um not not wanting to achieve everything in the first week and the first month but maybe set weekly or monthly or yearly goals and targets but it's important to have a business plan it's important to have some things written down about what your goals and aspirations for the business are because once you see them written down you can feel more accountable towards taking them forward as yeah. well yeah that's that's a really good point um because you do need that accountability because otherwise you could drift i think yes. yeah, yeah definitely um who or what is your inspiration oh there's been so many people <laughs> but uh, yeah who inspired me in different ways um my mother was a huge inspiration and um she she really brought us up in a way that she didn't have the same opportunities as us and as what i'm getting now but she really made sure that her daughters had those opportunities she really valued education and so she instilled those values in us about education and about the value of learning and about the value of being financially independent and doing something worthwhile she's the most kind and generous person i know yeah. and so it really really has um, but there are the people every day when i see around on social media i feel like that's a really inspirational person who's overcome obstacles or who's very resilient or is create is really creative or doing something innovative um at the moment i think my children are really inspirational to me in different ways so my yeah. eldest is is such i see her and i'm really full of hope for the next generation about how how empowered they are about how aware and how conscious they are of the debates political debates and discussions they're going on how open minded they are mm. and that really gives me a lot of hope and my two year old twins because they're so resilient and because they're so positive <laughs> and they don't have judgments and they forgive and forget so easily mm. and, and that and they are so excited by things and they're so curious mm. and those things really actually makes me give me yeah makes me wonder about things and yeah it's mm. a good question it's a good to be inquisitive yeah i think i think you're right and i think they do they they bring you back down to earth and yes. make you realize <laughs> that we get into a stew as they say yeah. Yeah. um when we don't need to so yeah. yeah so that that must be really lovely to, to see <laughs> yeah and i must admit i get that from my grandchildren so that's good yeah so amazing. um if you started your business again from scratch would you do anything differently um i think um in a way i kind of started it again because because i started another business a yeah. year later after the first so i 
I had learned a lot along the way about social media, about marketing, about promotions. And when you start a business, you often don't think about all those things that take up so much of your time. Mm-hmm. All you want to do is to create and all you want to do is to write or do something. But all those things really matter as much. So um, I didn't know about that. And I learned a lot in the yeah. first year about how you actually get the audience, about how you actually get the word out there, how you connect with people who really um, matter mm-hmm. and so um so no i don't think i'll do it differently because i learned a lot along the way uh, maybe i would make some different financial decisions about certain things yeah uh, but i do value everything that i did and i learned from that and that's the main thing isn't it it's, it's what you learn along the way and i must admit my two years have been really interesting and, and i feel it's made me a rounder person for, yes for, for what i've done so yeah so that, that's interesting. Okay, so we're on the final question. What's the biggest tip you would share with other business owners for them to take away from this podcast? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about, um, about brand values. It's about having a business, um, the social cause at heart and think about that about how we can give back to community uh, through our businesses as well if we can form those links i think it's really important um it could it doesn't have to be a huge gesture it could be just a local community or something like that that could mm-hmm. benefit from our business um but it's also about thinking about um how we can be create more inclusive and diverse businesses as well it's about making sure that anything that we're putting out there is not biased is not prejudiced is actually um creating a fairer and more equal world Mm. yeah and i think that's a lovely ending thank you podcast (laughs) so thank you for that um and i and i think you're right so i'd really just like to say thank you pragya thank you for your time appreciate you taking part And this is the People Mentor signing off. So thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you need any help or advice, please contact Nicola on Nicola Richardson at thepeoplementor.co.uk. The People Mentor, driving your business forward.